Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Ain't That Something, a tripod production. I'm your host, Brandon Martinez. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon. I'm back again for another episode. Today, I'm sitting here with my very, very, very good friend, Miss Abby Haas. What's going on, Abby? Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, how are you? I'm good. I'm just getting back into the school mode, co-op mode. Oh yeah, are you applying to co-ops or did you already get one? I have my co-op. It's at FIRE, which is the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education Org. It's a nonprofit. Wow, that's a lot to, that's a lot of words. It's a lot of, <laughs> it is, it's a mouthful. Um, but I am writing articles about student activists on college campuses. Um, that are going through like legal cases with their school or with other families um, for activism. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Where are they based out of? Uh, they're based out of Philly on Walnut Street. So are you going to be... Fifth and Walnut. Fifth and Walnut? Uh-huh. That's really... I go down there all the time. Oh, no way. Uh, I've literally never been there before. You've never... I love Old City. Old City is my favorite part of Philadelphia. Well, unfortunately, it's all remote, so I will be in my bedroom uh, on Summer Street. Wait, you know what? Like, at least you're getting the experience. Yeah, I'm really excited, and it's paid nonprofit, which is like even better because I wasn't expecting to get paid. I also work for a paid nonprofit. Uh, name drop Global Citizen, part of the Urban <laughs> Affairs Coalition. And, Always uh, name drop that Global Citizen. I'm gonna name drop the people that gave me all this time, all this uh, experience. experience. Thank you. <laughs> Words. Words Word, are hard. Words are hard. Um, so you gotta get you gotta pay homage to those that support you. Absolutely. Anyways, I had a paid co-op there, and I was just surprised because that paid co-ops are very uncommon. Especially right now during the pandemic. Yeah, I'm actually jealous because I only got to do one co-op, and that was last year. Uh, actually, not last. Yeah, last year, spring summer last year, 2019. Uh, are it, you a five-year? I'm a, technically I so I I was a two-year five. Two co-op, five-year, because I transferred in. But then when I got into the graduate program, I had to drop one of my co-ops. So technically, I'm still five years, one co-op. It's just a pain in the butt. With the grad program. With the grad program. So are you like almost done all your undergrad? Almost done all of my undergrad. I've just got a a couple things to work on for my minor. Uh, Just literally like maybe 20 credits worth of stuff. And then my language, and then everything else is just grad work. You're taking a language? Yeah, German. Oh, I just simply did not know that. Are you BA or BS? BA. You hmm. need a language for B for a. Uh... Yeah, I'm a French minor. Oh but wow! I didn't know that. Where are you a German minor? Are you just doing your German like hours? Getting my German certificate. So, oh yep. So I'm deep into it. Yeah. Yes, that goes through like 202. I think. 202. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I took four years of it in high school, okay. but there is a seven-year gap of where I didn't, <laughs> where, I didn't <laughs> That's take, true. where I didn't take German. I mean, we didn't use German very much in the military. Yeah. Um. So I get back and Florette, our advi- our advisor that we had. Florette, a queen. Sh- uh, shout out to you, Florette Press. Uh, she was like, so do you want to take this? Uh, do you want to take this exam? The, the oh, placement, the placement exam. And I'm like, sure, I'll freaking kill it. Like, four <laughs> years of German in high school. Sprich yeah. to Deutsch, I got this. <laughs> and then I take it. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't remember a thing. But it's all right. It is what it is. Yeah, I did French in high school for four years. Went through AP, but our AP class was literally a joke. It was my French teacher. I was also an officer for our French club, and she was our advisor. 
And so she would just come up to me and she'd be like, so what do you want to do today? Because no one in my class was taking the AP exam. So all we did was watch French movies and make food. And so I came into college like, I'll be fine. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? So we had a, going back, my first class I ever had, my first experience with you was with uh, Mass Media and Al Stegman. Yes, you sat in the corner yeah, with Julian Warsaw. Julian uh, Warsilla. Warsilla, I call her. Oh, that's wrong. It's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but yeah, we just talked, because that's my homegirl, so it's like... Uh, yeah, she's super nice. Yeah, I haven't had a class with her, I don't think, since that class. She's also accelerated. Um, oh, she is? We got in the same time. She's in my accelerated clique. You'll soon realize that you'll have a clique of people, so... Okay. Th- those are all the ones that you do your classes with. Anyway, so chill. what have you been up to uh, over the past couple months? Well, I started my own org. Let's hear about that. Yeah, that's Dance Marathon, Drexel Dance Marathon. Um, and that has been probably the biggest time consumer so far mm-hmm. um, because I am executive director or president. I, we just have different names for it uh, from like Children's Miracle Network. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's kind of similar to Penn State's Thon where we are raising money and awareness for kids uh, that are in Children's Miracle Network hospitals. So ours is not specific to like the oncology unit mm-hmm. um, as Penn State's Dance Marathon is. Ours goes to you know uh, the Child Life Fund, which is emergency medical services, mm-hmm. chronic illness, um, oncology is part of it, but we kind of wanted a broader spectrum so that more kids were getting the funds that we raised. Um, and so that is coming to campus this fall. Exciting. Let me be, let me know. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right now we're recruiting our exec board, um, but there's plenty of other leadership opportunities. We have a team captain program. We have, you know, general body members. Um, and we also have, like, these morale captains, which yeah. are help. Look, I think you'd be great for that. Like, they just help hype it up. Yeah. Um, and at recruitment events, which I'm not sure how those will look. Those will probably be virtual. Um, they just, like, come and try to get people to register. You can register in an entire organization. And so, like, if we registered PRSSA, you would be the team captain. You're the point person that I go to. And I'm like, hey, we're having this push event. Can PRSSA come okay. help? So it's, like, kind of like that. But, yeah. Well, so Do you have an advisor? Julia May. Love Julia. Our queen, Julia May. Julia May. Uh, Julia May is also the graduate program advisor. She is. She just accepted my grad school application. So been in contact with her a lot. Do you have a an executive board? Yeah, so we have a management team, which is like me um, and three others. Who, so are they? Who are they? Lynn Choi is our internal director. Dylan Roback is our external director. And Sarah Cooney is our financial director. Wow. Um, and Sarah and Dylan, I think, are engineering majors. And Lynn is a chemistry major. So it's nice to have some diversity among the um, majors that we yeah. have involved. And I think that's a great thing about an org like Dance Marathon is it's not super specific to one kind of program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then we have a larger executive board, which is what we're upon interviewing for right now, which is like there are eight or ten other people. Oh, wow. So that's, I'm nervous about that, like uh, managing all of those I people. think you got that, though. You're, in a, you're in ex- on the executive board of the of the group that we're part of, Public Relations Student Society of America. True. You're Shout a out. director of diversity and inclusion. And that's a really big role. And I've seen you do amazing things with that. Aww, the thanks. outreach that you've done with that, um, I wouldn't be hyping you up if I didn't mean it. Thank uh, you. So uh, I totally think you got this. And you should definitely be proud of yourself. Starting an organization 
on campus during this time is no easy task. No, especially with SAFAC and like, you know, all of the hoops that you have to jump through with yeah. Drexel itself and and a lot of the application pro- process is not super easy. You know, you hear about it through other people talking about it, not because they're posting it and letting you know that like you have to get this in at this time and these trainings done this time. So um, we've been trying to start it since freshman year and I'm a oh, third wow. year now. So um, it's definitely been a process, but I'm so excited. Have you been getting a lot of support from f- like fellow organizations? Yeah, so um, I know the hockey team, uh, they're super interested in partnering. They just did the uh, CHOP Parkway 5K run, so yeah. I know that they're already kind of involved with CHOP. Um, I know that a lot of Greek life is interested because they do have a philanthropic like chair and part to their orgs. Um, so we reached out to the medical frat. I actually hopped on a call with them. They're really great, um, and they want to partner on a bunch of stuff thinking about doing some kind of like fashion show wow in the spring if it can be in person um but you know my goal first and foremost is to make sure everyone feels safe and comfortable and i want to make sure if things are in person that they're very socially distanced following all guidelines and that's hard to do on with college kids so i have a feeling most of our stuff's going to be virtual besides maybe like restaurant fundraisers and that sort of thing but i mean it's just an adjustment. You have to adapt and push forward. I would love to actually have, so the audience, whoever's listening, can hold me accountable to this now. <laughs> I would love to have you and your team on the show when you guys get more uh, hype. So maybe yeah. more in the fall term, get you guys on here and we can have a discussion. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I would love that. We just did a thing for Alexander George for Inside Ambition. Yeah. So look for that in the fall. This would be amazing. Yeah, we're just trying to get the word out. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's about the kids. Like, as cliche as that sounds, it really is. No, I completely agree. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And we are back. <laughs> What's going on, Abby? Was that a good break? That, yeah, that was a great break. So uh, while I was home, I was uh, for a good two, three months during quarantine, I was back home in Danielsville, really small town. Uh, Where is Danielsville? It's in northeast Pennsylvania in the Lehigh Valley. Oh, okay. Uh, it's part. It's near, do you ever hear Blue Mountain Ski Resort? Yeah. So I live at the base of Blue Mountain Ski Resort. Okay, cool. Uh, but it's really small town, not much to do. So I have to, either, I have to go into the, the city with quotations around it. <laughs> it's like going into like Bethlehem and going to the mall or something. But uh, okay. I, had a, I had a really boring time, but I really enjoyed being at home because you know it's with your family. I got to go travel to my dad's house and then go back and forth between there and my mom and stepdad's house. Nice. Where's home for you? Home for me is in Orland, Pennsylvania. It's Montco. Um, Upper Dublin, Fort Washington area. Um, So I went home in March. I kind of, I went to Applebee's with my friends slash roommates that Thursday night. And then that Friday, everything just completely changed. And we we all went home that weekend and we were like, oh my gosh, we're not coming back. Yeah. Um, And so I was home. I have a 17-year-old brother and a six-year-old sister. So Six. 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 (laughs) My sister would not be 60. (laughs) Um, So it was nice. I think for a while to be home, but I struggled, you know, not being in the city, not being around people, 
that I love, I mean, no, I do love my family, but not being around, you know, friends and um, having that kind of social interaction. And so um, I honestly don't have much of a relationship with my brother. We like share a bedroom wall and we barely speak. You share a bedroom wall? <laughs> well, I mean, his room and my room are next to each other. Okay. As in that, no, we don't. Yeah, yeah. We don't share a room. No, no. Um, but... We know, you know, we have a lot of differences of opinion um, in politics um, and also just in lifestyle. Um, I am very, you know, kind of free spirited. I want to travel all the time. I want to go see places. And he's kind of this stuck at home body would be content just sitting on his Xbox for 14 hours a day. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty typical, I think, of 17-year-old boys. Yeah, like, he's still young. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I spent most of my time with my sister and my dog. Um, we tried to get outside as much as possible, even though we couldn't really go anywhere. Um, just walks in our neighborhood. We, I made up so many games. Like, I was babysitter back when I was 15 again, just to keep her entertained. Yeah. Because it's really hard for kids right now. To not see their friends and not understand really fully what's happening. Um, and so I know for her right now, she's starting online school mm-hmm. in first grade, which is crazy to me because... First, how do you do that? So she has a Chromebook that the school provided, and she has a Zoom link that she logs on to every day. She has a whole system um, uploaded. And so when I'm, I FaceTime her, cause I moved back to campus now. Yeah. And so I FaceTime her pretty much every night just to see how she is and whatever. And she knows how to type her password in on her computer, log on to the website, log into her class. And I mean, she doesn't even know how to fully read yet. So what? it's just crazy the way that technology is going to shape that generation, well, I she, think. Well, she is, not to use a term that Alan Stegman would use, but she's a digital native. She grew up in the yes. era of all this technology. Yeah. I mean, I've even seen her talk about TikTok. What? I'm like, you're six years old. How do you know what TikTok is? You're not is? even allowed to have a TikTok. Right. I don't think, and I don't think she has it, but she has, um, we have two little neighborhood girls that my mom has been letting her see just because they play outside. Yeah. They're not really... Um, they're not going anywhere, obviously. So we've both been pretty quarantined families, so they trust each mm-hmm. other. Um, and so I, they make TikTok dances. And I'm like, how are you making TikTok dances as six-year-olds? So it's just been – it's it was really interesting to be at home. Um, I think the summer term was a lot harder than the spring term for I some reason. I completely agree with that one. I struggled so much more just in classes and motivation and – yeah, it was just... So not trying to toot my own horn, but, like, <laughs> I get really good grades. Like, yeah. High, I have, like, a high 3.8, 3.9. And uh, I got my first B this summer term. So I had to go pass-fail immediately for that. <laughs> like, I was not about to have that f*** <laughs> up my GPA, you know? And it was for a history class. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Wait, I have, like, the same exact story. So I got an A-, minus, which I have not gotten yet mm-hmm. at Drexel and toot and that horn toot that horn I don't want to sound like that but for me like and it was in um uh sociology 101 Oof. like a basic social class yeah, and a I, freshman level course right yeah. literally and so I I don't know why I struggled so much in that class but I did and I remember I was applying to the master's program and I had my initial meeting with Florette and I was like, should I pass fail this class? Is it gonna affect my master's application? And then I talked to Julia May because she's our advisor for yeah. Dance Marathon. So we have a pretty good connection. 
And she she said to me, she was like, are you crazy? What yeah. are you doing? You don't have to pass fail that. Like, no one's going to ask you about it. Um, and as you know, we've talked about before, I'm really interested in going to law school. Yeah. And Florette was telling me that, you know, even if you pass fail, a lot of times they'll ask you for your transcript, original transcript anyways. Yeah. So she told me it was basically an extra step to have to pass fail or take a letter grade so I just took it and went with it so you want to uh you want to go to law school I do I'm taking my LSATs in October are you ready yeah are you ready absolutely (laughs) not six months of studying and I'm still not ready uh my friend Catherine Catherine Visco name drop uh, oh, she was just in my history class of climate change. You know Catherine Visco? I mean, we, we've never chatted outside of that, yeah. but I she was in my class and she's I, super cool. She's literally like my best female friend. Yeah, ever. she's great. Yeah. Uh, we have, we party all the time together. She's literally like my sister. Like that's Yeah. The, she's going to be our first episode. Oh, that's awesome. Um, hi, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> um, but uh, Catherine's very much so into the environment. She's yes. very outspoken about it, too. Yeah, um, so she actually was in my history of climate change class, and she honestly was one of the only ones that talked a lot in that class and really inspired me to use my voice because I am super passionate about the mm-hmm. environment. That's what I want to go to law school for. Um, but I struggle on Zoom with you know communicating yeah. and being confident in what I say and how I say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's a lot to be talked about especially with what's going on right now in our world. But yeah, especially with what's happening, um, I mean, we've seen this fire situation play out how many times now? It's like doomsday repeating itself, first in Australia, then earlier this year, and now again. And I mean, climate change is a direct impact of that. I saw an article this morning um, from World World Economic Forum about a world wildlife um, foundation study that said we've lost 68% of our diversity in the past 50 years or less. Wow. And biodiversity, when I say yeah, diversity. Yeah. Um, and that is just absolutely insane. And this is going to be a little bit tangenty, but um, we've Go also off, lost 90% of our large fish population. And to be, to be at that level right now, a lot of the reason why we have all of the oxygen we have is not from trees. It's actually from phytoplankton, oh, wow. which are in the ocean. They provide six. They provide sixty percent of our oxygen levels. You're blowing my and mind right now. I didn't they, know any of this. They attach themselves to large fish. So for us to lose our large fish population means that we're also losing all those phytoplankton, um, which means that we're getting much less oxygen in our environment. So it's actually more crucial to save large fish like whales, sharks, all that, all of those kinds of species, mm-hmm. um, than to be planting trees. Planting trees is also fantastic. Planting trees is great. It's great. But that only accounts for 40% of our oxygen. So is this one of the things that you disagree on with your brother? I do, yes. So he is um, very into the economy and that focus on um, how that impacts our earth. He doesn't necessarily think that masks um, do much. And he actually thinks that um, masks uh, will in- poison you if you wear what? them for poison too long it? What? because you're breathing in your own CO2. Um, and so for me, I'm a big believer in science. I'm a big believer in what research shows. And I think that he might differ in what he thinks science is is if it's biased or that sort of thing um so we definitely disagree on that um we've had a lot of disagreements about covid in general Mm -hmm. um he's a 
fairly large conspiracy theorist. And... Oh, they're, they're, right now those people are thriving. Yes. Not to bad talk your brother. Right. I don't know your brother, but uh, conspiracy theorists are totally th- <laughs> are totally thriving right now. Yes. Yeah, so he he does have certain feelings about COVID that it was on purpose, um, that it was released for the survival of the fittest challenge, that masks um, are poisonous for you. Ain't that something? <laughs> yes, okay. that is something for <laughs> sure. So we definitely have a lot of disagreements, um, and you know we got into a lot of heated debates. Um, and at some point, I was just kind of th- thought, you know, he can have his opinion, and I can have mine, and I just have to know that my opinion's not going to change his, and we can be adults. Yeah. See, I and- personally believe that discourse and. A differing opinions is the key to progress. So Absolutely. you might not be a ta- he might not be taking it all in, but he's taking something in. Just like you might not be taking it all in, but you are taking something right. in. And at some point, you'll be able to find common ground. Absolutely. That and he's your brother. So yeah. Well, yeah. We've never really gotten along that, that great. Um, but also, a large part of the co-op that I was talking to you about earlier is that it is nonpartisan. Okay. So all of the activism could come from either side of the spectrum. Um, which includes, you know, things that I might not agree with. So I think that it'll be really interesting to have to write about that and have to take into a very neutral point of view. Um, so I think that that's going to be really interesting and it can only, you know, support my arguments and conversations better. I didn't really know how uh, deep you were into this whole environment. I don't want to say yeah. environmental thing, but environmental yeah. thing. I mean, I really, really respect it. Like I came from a it sounds so stupid, a recycling household. But there's other people around my development, my neighborhood, that don't recycle. And I don't get it. Or people, I love going for hikes and going around. And mm-hmm. people just throw their trash everywhere or throw their cigarette butts out. In the Like, what are you doing? You can't get me started on this. I want to get, let's so, get started. Okay, ready? First of all, Drexel doesn't recycle. We mm-hmm. have recycling cans and we don't recycle. Right. And I think that that is extremely interesting because it looks like so it looks like we're trying to save face by having blue recycling cans but when in in reality they actually just get put in the landfill that's number one number two the city of philadelphia in a lot of areas makes you pay extra for recycling and in areas where there are already low income housing or low income areas you can't pay for extra recycling because you can't afford to um, and what's even more interesting is I live on campus, technically. Technically I'm speaking, where are you? Off campus, but I am in the Drexel... Footprint. Footprint. You're in New City still. Yeah, and recycling is free. So the fact that Drexel doesn't pay to recycle, but me as an on-campus student gets free recycling is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And so we, we actually started a compost bin at home. Awesome. Or we're like in the process of starting one, and it's really exciting. Um, but I will say that I went to Iceland for study abroad. Um, I absolutely know nothing about Iceland. Yeah. Uh, but I want to hear all about it. Hands down, best trip of my life. Really? I will shout out all of the Drexel people that went on the trip. I love you all. We have to hang out again um, because the people on that trip were just some of the most incredible and smartest humans I've ever met. I was one of the only non like engineering or yeah. science majors that going. That doesn't mean anything. No, yet. I know, but everybody's saying, you know, biomed engineering, environmental engineering, mechanical, and I'm just like, yes, I'm a communications major. No, you gotta say, I'm a public relations major <laughs> and say it with pride. Yeah, well, it was actually on that trip that I decided that law school is something that I wanted to pursue. Yeah. Um, so the whole trip was about 
uh, Iceland's economic sustainability. So I learned about their economy and how sustainability fits into their economy. And so that was actually one of the most interesting aspects of it because when I think about the environment, the first thing I think about is the science mm -hmm. and the economy kind of comes second to me. So to take some time to actually focus on the economic part of it was super interesting. We had to do capstone projects there. Um, so we decided on my little team, um, which consisted of me, Bronwyn actually, um, my friend Kayla, who also goes to Drexel, and then this kid from Arkansas, who's now one of my best friends, his Arkansas. name's Logan. Yeah, you would think, okay, so, you know, there's some stigma about the South and yeah. the environment and them not maybe feeling similarly to some more urban areas about it. And all of these students were so passionate about wanting to save the environment and change the way that the South views environmental, you know, impacts because I think that a lot of the South is more conservative yeah. in that area and the environment kind of falls under a liberal agenda item, which it shouldn't, but it does. The environment, in my opinion, should just be a neutral world, like world-oriented world problem. Um, kind of like the World Health Organization, correct? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and kind of, you know, like public health should be a world issue and not a liberal agenda item. But it's not. Yeah. So it's it's definitely was super interesting to get a different perspective from someone who lives in the South. Yeah. And our other group mate was from North Carolina. And on the last night, he actually broke down in front of everyone. Um, and he was just saying all of these things, like the South has such a stigma and he's not like that and all of that sort of thing. So I think that trip bonded that group of, there was 45 of us. Oh, wow. It bonded us like no other, you know? How long were you there for? We were there for 10 days. When did you go? December of last year. So right before Christmas. Oh, wow. Um, and we were there trekking through the ice and the snow. The first full day we were there. They took us on, I think it was between five and ten mile hikes. Five and um, ten mile hikes. Up this huge mountain to get to um, the natural springs. Mm -hmm. And they're naturally a hundred-ish degrees. And so it's like four degrees Fahrenheit outside. And we're all stripping down into bathing suits. What? And going into this hot spring. And I have a picture of the 45 of us like sardined in this little hot spring. And I think that was the moment we were all like, okay, I guess we're going to be best friends now because everyone's seeing each other like half naked in the middle of a mountain. Definitely some pre-COVID vibes right there. <laughs> right? Seriously. Uh, if I could just go back and relive that trip over and over, I would because I learned so much about hydroelectric plants and all this. This stuff is all nerdy, so sorry. No, <laughs> but no, go off, girl. Hydroelectric plants, geothermal plants, and I got to actually go through and see the process um, and our guides were just super knowledgeable and really interested in learning how we learn in America about the environment. And, you know, Iceland's one of the most sustainable countries yep. in the world. And luckily, they have the um, geographic environment to do that. They have geothermal spots. They have a lot to, of water for hydroelectric plants. Um, they don't do a lot of wind power, which I think we can up our wind power plants tremendously yep. in the United States. Only certain rural areas obviously have the means for it, but we can do so much with those. Um, so I was really interested in how public policy was influenced in Iceland, which made me want to go to law school um, and try to influence public policy here um, and change some things. 
there are a lot of things that I want to change, but obviously, you know, you have to start small. And we are back. So you were just telling me about all your extravagant uh, things that you did while you were on um, <laughs> this trip to Iceland while we were on yes. break. So, I mean, the first thing that I noticed when I walked into this room was that Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 is on your TV. Alright, number one, I don't... I just have lots of questions. Don't hate on Twilight. Oh, I love Twilight. Alright, so I read all the books when I was... They first came out when I was, like, in middle school. Um, okay. I was probably a fetus. You're, like, in elementary school. <laughs> you're not kidding. that much... I'm kidding, about, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, fifth, you're about five years younger than yes. me. So you would have been like third grade. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading Harry Potter. You were reading Harry I finished Harry Potter when I was like 11. Um, but they were, it was always one of my favorite. Uh, so for me, it goes Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Twilight, Percy Jackson uh, in the Percy Jackson mm, series. Okay. And then everything else. I'm more of an adult now, so I read more adult <laughs> books. But uh, Twilight, I people give it a lot of crap, but I really did enjoy the films. Yeah, they were great. Except for Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part 2 is just one of those films that are just so bad, it's good. <laughs> and that reminds me of, like, Mockingjay. Mockingjay, yeah, just like Mockingjay. And then Regogamy or Recyclops, the, ch the child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> their, their child and that horrible. Recyclops. <laughs> Recyclops. Uh, uh, Renesmee. Renesmee is her name. Um, the CGI is just so bad. I just enjoy watching it. If I need, like, a quick picker-upper. Or just a quick one hour and 55 minute movie. <laughs> a, good, a good 55 minute movie. I, I enjoy watching uh, Twilight. And let's be honest. Oh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are baddies. Mm. And this is, fun fact, they made this movie after they broke up. So That's true. They, that just shows their professionalism in this. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize Harry Potter is your favorite series. You know that's my ride or die. I could tell you everything about Harry Potter for days. Like, I love, literally love Harry Potter. So I wanted my first tattoo. My mind is blown. I wanted, I wanted my first tattoo when I got uh, was wanted it to be the uh, Deathly Hollows. But instead, I had to get a military military related tattoo. Why? Because it wasn't cool to get the uh, Deathly Hollows on your forearm. You totally couldn't. So instead, I got for those I love, I shall sacrifice with a rose. Um, mm. But I'm like, I love Harry Potter so much. I've seen all the movies like 30 freaking times. I like more than that. You could get the Death Eater's mark on your wrist. That'd be kind of dope. But I'm not a Death Eater, though. I'm a Ravenclaw. They were You're no... a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Interesting. What are you? Are you a Hufflepuff? How could you say that to me? I'm a Gryffindor. Are you a Gryffindor? I, are you, so it's either a Hufflepuff <laughs> I'm or a Gryffindor. Just I do have Hufflepuff qualities. The only one I don't see myself in is Slytherin, Slytherin. Like, at all. But the thing is, Slytherin's not bad. As we saw with Professor Slughorn, when they were banished to the dungeons and then they were on their way True. up to, Slug to uh, Hogsmeade, uh, Professor Slughorn took him and a few people that wanted to go back, and they fought <laughs> the Dark Lord and his, and his boys. Also, Snape is my favorite character. Snake is one of the most tragic heroes there are he, out there. Every time I cry, and when... The actor Rick died in real life. I was in chemistry Wands sophomore up. year, Wands up. and I literally started crying in chemistry. <laughs> and yeah, that series just honestly changed my life. I I was ugh, this is gonna get kind of deep, but I was bullied pretty hard in elementary school, as I think a lot of kids were. Um, and so I would just go as a bookworm that I was and go bring those books and literally sit up in a tree at recess and like wow. no one could touch me because I was just 
nose deep in Harry Potter. Um, I have read them. I don't even know how many times right I, now. Yeah, I love them so much. Did you read The Cursed Child? Of course. Right, so, I, I, people did not like it. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, people say it was more of like a fan fiction kind of thing, but J.K. Rowling had a big hand in what was going on in there. I know she has her own thing going on right now. Yeah, I'm, I don't we're, know we're, if I'm a stan anymore. We're not going to get into it, but her works that she did mm-hmm. are, are, are going to last a lifetime. And yeah. this is something that I want my kids to read. I want... Their kids to read. It's life changing, for real. And that sounds cliche, but it actually is. I when I was eleven, my parents sent me a letter from Hogwarts. See, I never got my letter. Oh uh, well, that's sad. Yeah. I had a Hogwarts themed birthday party where my grandparents came. They were supposed to be flying somewhere, and they came and surprised me. And my grandpa was dressed up as Harry Potter and yeah. had a fake owl on his shoulder. Wow. And I was wearing a full on ball gown. I like we were. It was a Yule ball. Yeah. Harry Potter experience. Um. So yeah, I have a lot of memories from Harry Potter. Those movies always bring me comfort. It's a spooky season movie for me. It's I'll a, light my it's candle. It's not just a spooky season. It's an all-season It is an all-season movie, but my favorite time to watch Harry Potter is when I'm cuddled up in bed with my yeah. friends. We're drinking some uh, butterbeer, non-alcoholic. Mm. Non-alcoholic butterbeer. <laughs> or if you wanted to, it could be alcohol. If you're of age, yes. Yes, if you're of age. Um, and we're cozied up with an apple cider candle, watching Harry Potter. Um, that's kind of one of my favorite, favorite times I think about. So when I was in first grade, that's when the movie for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out. It was 2001. And I was, uh, we had a school, uh, Halloween parade. Oh, yes. And I dressed up as a Hogwarts student. Look at you! Uh, You're I, such a nugget. I will add this picture to the... <laughs> And to, to the it's branded. Uh, Wait, I love it. That's hilarious. I have to show you mine now because I dressed up as Hermione. No way. But yeah, Harry Potter is one of the most timeless films. That, like I know Spike, uh, not Spike, Paramount Network and Freeform, aka ABC <laughs> Family, used to do the uh, the weekends. The we- and I would do it all weekend. Just sit my ass in front of the TV and watch Hermione and Ron and my boy Cedric. Rest in peace. And, uh, I was in love with Ron. I will say he was like my ride or die so do you, boy. So do you think? All right, we're getting really nerdy here, but I don't That's care. Fine. My show. So do you <laughs> do you think that? Uh, I I personally think that I wanted Luna to end up with Harry because I'm a huge Luna stan. Her and Neville work so but well. But Luna's though. just so quirky. I have the hugest crush on her. And in real life, she's a huge environmental activist. And she, she is. She's a vegan. She has her own podcast called. I think it's like called the chickpeas, and same thing with um, Ginny Weasley. I forgot her real name. I don't want to just, uh, I don't want to name her like that. But she, uh, she's also a huge environmentalist, and she's a vegan. Fun fact: when, Emma Watson's like very. She's more women's activism, yeah. but environmental too. A few years ago, like 2017-18, Walmart came out with the Harry Potter uh, wands, and there okay. were no, there were no wands at my local Walmart. So your boy drove an hour <laughs> to a Walmart. To get like forty freaking Harry Potter wands, <laughs> and when I tell you, fifteen of those forty Harry Potter wands were uh, Cho Chow's. I was oh my god, so freaking angry. Cho Cho Chow. <laughs> She's kind of a horrible character, a uh, little bit. The, the book makes it, work. but Harry was treated her very badly in the book. Oh, she, terribly. He didn't know, understand why she was crying all the time. Homegirl just lost her boy. Literally. Also, Harry kind of annoyed me. 90% of the time. I'm glad I'm A little bit of a crybaby, that one. <laughs> and everybody loves Sirius and James, but you know what? They tormented uh, 
Severus when they were child children. Yeah. But I'm a serious stan, me too. but not necessarily a James stan, and I'm definitely a Remus. I love Remus. Remus, Remus all the way. And I love Tonks. But I do have a funny story real quick that's, about Harry Potter. Sorry, everybody. We've been talking about Harry Potter, but that's okay. My show. True. True. So, when I was 11, I got to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So jealous. When it first came out. My Nana was like, so, because all of my cousins were also really into it, I got everyone into it. Yeah. I was the, the catalyst. Um, and so they did a wand show there. Guess who got picked you to do picked. the wand show? You got picked. So out of 75, 80 people in the room, this guy that looks like Ollivander but isn't actually yeah. him comes down from the stairs and he has this whole speech ready. And then he points at someone and he goes, and you are looking for a wand today. And he pointed right at me and the spotlight comes to me and I'm like this 11 year old, you know, still in my baby chub, like, what? (laughs) And so you try on wands and things actually break when you wave them. Yeah. And it was the craziest experience of my whole life. Um, And so that is something that I will always remember in regards to Harry Potter. What kind of other films are you into? Perks of Being a Wallflower is one of my favorite films. Great film. Um, Wow. I have so many, but I'm, like, struggling to think right now. I like the James Bond movies. James Bond. And I'm a very big Avengers person. Um, Iron Man is the love of my life. Robert Downing Jr. is my Silver Fox crush. If you ever listen to this, hit me up. But, yeah, I love Avengers. I love pretty much all genres. I'll watch whatever. I am a big horror person. I love horror. Um, So I'm a Stephen King book reader kind of gal. Um, and also films, but more so the books. Um... And I was telling you earlier, Norwegian Wood and The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle are two of my favorite books that I've ever read. Yeah. Um, Love is a Mixtape is also a really good book that I've recently read. I know you're starting a book club with DMC, so I have all of these books in my head right now. Um, But yeah, I'm a huge bookworm, more so than films. I absolutely love, like, my library back home, my room, is just (laughs) filled with so many books, and... um, there's actually a bookstore in Old City. I forgot the name of it. Um, but it's literally in an old house, two floors <laughs> of straight books. Like, oh, like wow. top, I'll send you the picture afterwards. Yeah, send it to me. And I'd I, love to go there. Uh, the Book Trader in uh, the Old book City. Trader. I'll take you there sometime. It's, it's really, really great. You'll get lost in there. Um, That's my favorite thing to do. I've uh, My favorite books I've read as of late, I just read this book called Paradise Lost, which was written by John Milton. Oh, I read that in high school. I really, really like that. It's in old English, so it takes you a minute to read. It's hard. It's hard, but it's really, really great. And just the things that are said in there, it kind of gets you thinking. So that's why I don't really like it that much, because (laughs) it's great, but the the, the things that they talk about in there just... Seem to come off a little bit too delectable. To, delectable. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of like Brave New World, if you've ever yes. read that. Um, this dystopian society I'm really interested in. So I read, you know, the Hunger Games series, Divergent yeah. series. They were both good. Not my favorites, but I mean, I love them. Um, I'm into anything kind of... And you know, the dystopia is kind of becoming more and more, and more, more like reality, reality these days. Um, so it's definitely interesting. I went to a bookstore once in Portland, Oregon called Powell's. Mm-hmm. And it was three or four floors, and they had those swinging ladders, like in Beauty and the Beast, oh, wow. and you would like swing down, and it was just floor top to bottom in books. And I remember I got my first copy of The Princess Bride wow. from that bookstore. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So I didn't know that you were into books as much as you are. So I absolutely love books. I probably read about 
three or four a month. Agreed. And then and then with uh, audio audiobook, I'm maybe like two two every two weeks. Like I'm at least yeah. I'm constantly going. I, I love books. I like it more than watching Twilight Saga Breaking Down Part Two on Hulu. <laughs> Although that's great. <laughs> Although that is great, it's just not the same as yeah. you can fully immerse yourself in the book. Yeah, um, and you get lost, I think, more so in a book because you don't have the hands to be looking at your phone or yeah. doing something else that's distracting. It's just you, just immersed in a story. So, Abby, I created this podcast originally so I could get learn more about my friends and build a relationship. Um, with my friends, so oh, I like to say that I, we we were we were really we were good friends beforehand. Yeah. But I didn't say we weren't entirely really close, you know. And after hearing your this all this stuff today, I really feel like we've built that relationship, you know. And you can make me cry. Oh, please don't cry. <laughs> I won't. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I I want to have more conversations with you after this podcast Definitely. because you're just the stuff that you're saying things that we have in common it's just really blowing my mind and yeah. I really that's why I think friendship is very important Definitely. Uh, because you build on things that you have in common exactly and we didn't even touch on music we didn't even, I, I could I, have right, touch on music all right really quick okay what, I don't know if we have a similar all right where do you go with music uh okay so my all-time favorite man on this entire planet is Mr. Harry Styles Harry Styles um, like a similar conversation you had with our friend Liz he cuts toxic masculinity to a T. He's just one of my favorite humans, period. Yeah. Um, his music is labeled as pop, but it's really rock music. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic. And then I listen to a lot of the Lumineers. Love the Lumineers. Cozier, George Ezra. Um, I listen to a lot of Camp and MT Joy. I'm into that indie folk music, and yeah. then I'm also into like rock. So um, my all-time favorite song is Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Lights Orchestra. Mm -hmm. Um, Rolling Stones, obviously, Beatles, like those kinds of the classic era, classic bands. Yeah, I agree with. I I really do enjoy the Lumineers. I enjoy the, okay. fol the folk, air, the folk kind of music. Yes, that's uh, but my favorite band of all time, without a doubt, fits my personality. I think is Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, that is such a you band. <laughs> that is my all time favorite band, both with Matt Skiba, Skiba their new music, yeah, was, and Tom DeLonge. Uh, I think. Blink-182 is one of the all-time greatest bands ever. But they when, are. when we're breaking it down to, like, if I have my headphones genres. in, I'm listening to Blink-182. Yeah. Breaking it down to genres, Ozzy, all top for rock, rock heavy okay. metal. There would okay. be no rock music. I could tell that you're into, like... There would be no... Yeah. There would be no... Uh, Ozzy, would, there would be nothing else. Okay. And then I also thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy 90s hardcore gangster rap. <laughs> Like, I'm talking like NWA. No hate, no judgment. I love it. Gangstar, like. Gangstar. No, Gangstar, uh, Mob Deep, Nas, and then okay. modern day rap. Um, I really like Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. This guy from Oakland, California named Bamboo Date Pistola. He's a Filipino underground rapper. Just cool. I really like yeah. the underground scene. Yeah, love it. I'm into like indie. I also just like trying out new music. Yeah. You know, I love New Music Fridays on Spotify and all that stuff. So. New Music Fridays. Well, uh, we don't have much time left, so I'm going to give you really quick. Is there anything that you want to plug? Two things that you want to plug? Definitely. Drexel Dance Marathon. Check us out. We're on Instagram. Um, you can always email me. My email is amh573 at drexel.edu. Um, for honestly anything Drexel related, I love to meet new people, love to have conversations. I also want to shout out Drexel PRSSA. Find us on Instagram. Brandon is our social media director. He does follow back. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. Um, that's really a great org for everybody um we're like a little family there and then the communications program um 
that if you want to talk family that is your family um the professors are there for you they want to see you succeed it's been my favorite part about drexel so far besides study abroad i love that abby, <laughs> abby thank you so much for coming on the show it really made a lot for me. I know uh, with everything, uh, we just, our schedules, we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. So now I'm finally glad it came to fruition. Me too. Thank so, you. So I'm going to let you give you the honor of closing us out. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, hope you all have a great day. Bye guys. See you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you heard, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Ain't That Brandon. It's A-I-N-T-T-H-A-T-B-R-A-N-D-O-N. As always, I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for stopping by. Let's get it. <laughs>